Thank you for listening to Bizarrely Carly. I'm Carly, and this week I'm going to be talking about the five love languages, as according to Gary Chapman in his New York Times bestseller, The Five Love Languages, The Secret to a Love That Lasts. Now, the reason why I've chosen to do the five love languages today um, is because I personally have been in a relationship where my partner and I spoke different uh, love languages, and so we are caught up in this constant battle of trying to show the other person love and affection, and that other person not feeling that love and affection or receiving it, um, because that isn't the love language they speak, and now that I'm in a relationship where my partner and I speak the same love languages, I feel that communication goes a lot smoother and we're able to have that mutual understanding of love and affection. So in the book, uh, The Five Love Languages, The Secret to a Love That Lasts by Gary Chapman. In the book, Gary discusses our love tank and how important it is to keep that love tank full. He goes back to when we were children and he quotes, Inside every child is an emotional tank waiting to be filled with love. When a child doesn't receive that love or feel loved, he'll be more likely to misbehave. If we as children don't feel like our love tank is full, we'll spend the rest of our lives constantly trying to fill that love tank and not necessarily knowing the right place to look for that love. This is also why it's important to understand our children's love languages so that we can express to them properly love and affection and keep that love tank full. So not only is this conversation about adult love and relationships, it can also have to do with your children and understanding their love language. Um, This emotional need for love follows us into adulthood. Now as adults, we get into a relationship and there's always that in love honeymoon phase in the very beginning. Um, where it's all butterflies and everything feels great. And that always exists in the beginning of the relationship. During this phase, we tend to overlook certain things. Sometimes these things our friends might notice as issues. Um, In the beginning of the relationship, we tend to think that love can overcome anything. Uh, But often the honeymoon feeling fades and we are left with the things that we overlooked in the beginning they start to become bigger issues and at that point you know we have to learn how to deal with those issues Gary says after two years couples are usually out of the in love or finding moon phase and at that point couples usually start to assert themselves that's when you may discover your differences um, and that's the point where the waves of reality really begin to separate the couple Now, when a couple begins to feel as though they're falling out of love or out of the honeymoon phase, a lot of times they feel like they're only faced with two options. One is to be miserable and stay in the relationship, and the other one is to actually leave the relationship. Now, Gary discusses a third option, and that is to acknowledge the honeymoon phase for what it is, which is almost like a temporary high, and to make the decision to pursue real love, which requires work. Gary says, and I quote, that kind of love is emotional in nature, but not obsessional. It is love that unites reason and emotion. It involves an act of the will and requires discipline. And it requires the need for personal growth. Our most basic emotional need is not to fall in love, but to be genuinely loved by another. To know that that love grows out of reason and choice, not instinct. I need to be loved by someone who chooses to love me who sees something worth 
loving. That kind of love takes work. It is the choice to put energy into benefiting the other person. That will enrich their life and will leave you satisfied knowing that you genuinely love another person. The five love languages are words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. Now, after you discover your partner's love language, the important thing is to understand how to communicate that love language to them so that they feel loved and appreciated. If your partner's love language is words of affirmation, they need to hear more words describing your love for them and expressing your love for them. One way you may want to do that is to write on a card words are important and put it somewhere that you can see it often. That way it'll remind you that the words you're saying matter, most importantly, to your partner. For one week, you can make a list of all the words of affirmation you say to your partner. This will help give you an idea of how well or how poorly you're expressing your words of affirmation. Set a goal to give your partner a different compliment each day for one month. Record your compliments so that you don't duplicate. Learn to say I love you and other words of affirmation in different languages. Compliment your spouse and the presence of their friends or family. Your partner will feel loved and your friends and family will see that. Look for your partner's strengths and tell them how much you appreciate their strengths. Occasionally leave a text or note expressing your love for days that you're away or when one of you is traveling. Thank your partner for something that they routinely do that they wouldn't expect to receive a compliment for. Now, if your partner's love language is quality time, quality time isn't about spending time together. It's more about dedicated quality time. Setting aside a date and time for a specific plan where you really engage with each other. Ask your partner for a list of activities they would like to do with you. Don't assume that you know what they want to do. Plan to do one of those activities each month for the next five months. Now, if you find that it's going to be expensive, put cheaper or free activities in between the more expensive ones to make it more affordable. You could send photos throughout your day to your partner to let them know that you're thinking about them. Another thing you can do is think of an activity that brings your partner joy that you don't really enjoy all that much. Tell them that you're looking to broaden your horizons. Set a date and give it your best effort. Plan a weekend away just for you and your partner within the next six months. Make sure it's a weekend where you can dedicate your time and attention to your partner. Set time aside each day where you discuss your day with your partner. Now, if your partner's love language is receiving gifts, what you may want to do is reflect on ways you can give gifts without it being too expensive if your budget is tight. How about the 12 days of gifts for your partner's birthday or anniversary? Or next time you're out for a walk, keep an eye out for something you can pick up and give as a gift. It can be something symbolic. You may even attach a special meaning to your gift. Discover the value of handmade gifts, whether it be woodworking, a painting, a scrapbook. Keep a gift idea notebook. If you hear your partner saying that there's something that they would like, write it down. It'll make it much easier when birthdays and anniversaries come around to make sure you get your partner just the gift they want. Give your partner a book and you agree to read it also. Make sure it's a book that your partner would be interested in. This will give you the opportunity to discuss it. And if your partner's love language is acts of service, think about non-chore ways that you can serve your partner. Offer your service to somebody who's close to your partner, such as a family member or a friend. 
print note cards which read, Today I will show my love to you by... And then completing the sentence. Ask your partner to make a list of 10 things they would like you to do over the next month. Have them label them 1 to 10, starting with 1 being the most important. If your partner is away, do an act of service to surprise them and have your children take part in it. If your requests to your partner come across as nagging, try to find a nicer way to ask for their help. That may be less offensive to them. An example would be, I really love how nice the yard always looks. I appreciate your work. Thank you in advance for cutting the grass this weekend. If you have more money than time, offer to hire somebody to help. And if your spouse is watching their favorite TV show, offer to watch the kids or even get them a snack. If your partner's love language is physical touch, holding them while they cry can be the most important thing. As you walk, reach out and touch your partner's hand. Randomly walk up to your partner and put your arm around them or even just a hand on the shoulder. When you shop for your spouse, look for things that will appeal to their tactile nature, like a soft blanket. Randomly walk up to your spouse, put your arms around them, tell them you love them, and then continue with what you're doing. Give your partner a massage. When you're with your friends or family, walk up to your partner and put your arm around them or put your hand on their shoulder. It says, even with all these people around, I still see you. To discover your own love language, ask yourself what you most desire from your spouse. What makes you feel loved the most? What does your spouse do or fail at that hurts you deeply? Whatever that is, the opposite is probably your love language. What have you most often requested of your partner? The thing that you request most often is likely the thing that will make you feel most loved. And in what way do you express your love to your partner? Your method of expressing love is an indication of what your love language could be. If you would like to learn your or your partner's love language, go to 5lovelanguages.com and take the quiz today. I hope this podcast on love languages taught you something and maybe, maybe it'll improve your relationship starting today. Until next time.